Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Just as a a friendly offer, you do not have to agree with me. If you've listened to my program for any amount of time, you've probably picked up on this. I give people who disagree with me, I give them way more time in a conversation. I spend a lot more time with people that disagree with me on a particular topic than people who, you know, agree with me. And that's not like, it's not that I am penalizing people who agree with me. It's just that I'm, I think there is more value to having the conversation with people that I disagree with. So as to let others hear the arguments, right? This is, uh, the marketplace of ideas. Now, that being said, you know, I love hearing that people agree with me, too. I, mean, I don't want to discount that, but <laughs> no, they, they both serve a purpose. Um, by the way, I just saw this, uh, which is pretty fantastic. Uh, apparently, um, NPR. Where is it? NPR. Ah, yeah. Left Twitter. Five months later, so they left Twitter when Elon Musk got on board, right? When he bought the company and he started making all the changes and then he did the the blue. Or I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not stalking NPR here. All I know is that there's a Twitter account called Five Months Ago and they post things from this day five months ago. And so five months ago, NPR left Twitter. And the account still sits inactive. So... Yeah, chalk one up for Elon Musk. There's a win for you. Good job, Elon. I kid him. No, I don't. That's not, I'm not kidding. Really. I don't need to see, I've seen enough dumbassery out of the NPR Twitter feed. Nothing is really lost there. And by the way, um, good luck on the uh, the fun drive. They're underway. So be prepared to be belted with all of their uh, fun drive pitches. Look, I may, I used to work over there. I made my share of the pitches, like on two days. Um, I was just a lowly coffee mug mailer guy. I would I, that's all I did over there. I mailed the coffee mugs and the t-shirts and the bumper stickers and um, and I made the daily deposits. Did uh, you know account management for people? Like I used their uh, you know their their donor system, I'd enter in, you know, all of the money that would come in, I would enter it in, I'd walk it across to the bank and all that. Anyway. Moms for Liberty. Is now, they have now set up a chapter in Buncombe County. And there is a, uh, there is a publication, it's not a publication, there is um, a website called Asheville Watchdog. And this website is comprised and staffed by a whole bunch of former newspaper people. Uh, Many of them retired and just coincidentally found themselves all in Asheville. They all retired to Asheville. And then 
even more coincidentally, they were at a dinner party together or something. And they were like, oh, my gosh, you're a Pulitzer Prize winner. I'm a Pulitzer Prize winner. No way. You too. There's now three Pulitzer Prize. Look at all the Pulitzers we have. And they're like, we have retired. And so I know let's start a website to take down Madison Cawthorn. I mean, I don't know if they actually said that, but that was all of the that was the thrust of their initial focus. When they first started up, there was just like three of them and they were focusing on the Asheville Watchdog or, or sorry, on uh, Madison Cawthorn. And then begrudgingly, after the first debate that uh, Madison Cawthorn had with a guy by the name of Colonel Mo Davis, um, where apparently nobody knew that Mo Davis had like this violence fetish that he was doing on Twitter. Nobody realized this. I guess they didn't read his tweets. Um, and he had all of these really nasty things to say, but but also like violent fantasies that he was typing about the things that he would do to essentially half the country. You know, Donald Trump supporters. And uh, one of them, uh, he said he would, you know, take his uh, 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 heel and press it down on the necks of these MAGA Republicans and just, you know, twist the heel into the pavement until you hear it crack so this way you 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 know he so he so they know you mean business or whatever i don't remember the exact tweet but he had a, he had a bunch of them and i read these tweets directly to his face at the first debate and then i also i mean it was a i was a questioner during the debate and so i then threw one to cawthorn about tweets from donald trump and i asked them like you guys both talk about the other people like this, like how do how do you expect to win people in the middle or folks from the other side if this is the way you're describing them? And Mo Davis's response was something like, uh, well, you know, uh, that's just for MSNBC purposes because he was a talking head on MSNBC. So he tried to play it off like, oh, it's just showbiz. I didn't really mean it. But, yeah, I kind of do. I don't regret any of it. I stand by all of it. And then the Asheville Watchdog finally realized, oh, my gosh, he has a Twitter account. Holy cow, look at all of these things he said. Then they finally did a story on it. And when they did the story on it, it was very, you know, some people say, how do you respond to this? Tell us it's okay." And Madison Cawthorn's worse, right? That was the first election for Cawthorn. All right. So that's this organization. They have since grown as the paper, the Citizen Times out in Asheville, as that paper has declined. Uh, and they fire more and more people, they find themselves now going over to do work for the Asheville Watchdog. And they've gotten, I guess they get, they get some, uh, uh, they got, uh, you know, uh, subscriptions and stuff like that that they sell. But I, I, I'm not sure if they do any kind of fundraising or nonprofits or any grant work. I don't know. But Andrew Jones is now over there. And this guy, I believe he used to be over at the Citizen Times. I, I don't remember where, but... Uh, you know, former print guy. He's now over there, Andrew Jones. And here is the the piece he did on the arrival of Moms for Liberty in Buncombe County, which means basically that somebody set up a Facebook group and um, and they registered and became an affiliate of the National Moms for Liberty organization. Okay, so that's what. That, that this is the alarm bells going off. Oh my gosh, sirens! Whoop whoop whoop! You know we have uh, we 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 got some some fascists among us. Here's the headline: Moms for Liberty 
parental rights group labeled anti-government and anti-student just started Buncombe Chapter. Moms for Liberty, parental rights group labeled anti-government and anti-student just started Buncombe Chapter. And by the way, there are scare quotes in the headline because of course there are. Parental rights is in quotes. So Moms for Liberty, parental rights group labeled quote anti-government and quote anti-student just started a bunkum chapter i gotta tell you i don't think i've ever seen that many scare quotes in a headline before truly remarkable work i'm not sure if jones has a pulitzer to his name but moms for liberty here's how he starts the piece a group bent on changing the composition of school boards and aligning public schools across the nation with ultra-conservative, anti-LGBTQ, and anti-COVID safety measures has found a home in Western North Carolina's most populous and progressive voting county. So what you need to know about Andrew Jones is obviously he's a Democrat with a byline. First off, right out of the gate, he uses the word bent, a group bent on changing the composition This is a four-page article. He's not trying to squeeze in all of the words he can to fit in a newspaper print edition. This is the web, so he can write as long as he wants. And he doesn't use a word like focused. He doesn't use a word like interested. No, it's bent on. Bent on. Change it. That's bent on world domination. Bent on has a negative, aggressive connotation to it, which is why he chose it. This is a threat. This is how he perceives it. So the entire piece is written from this perspective. Because how dare you, moms for liberty, how dare you mothers try to have a voice in your child's public education? How dare you try to influence policy or curriculum? Shut up and fund the system and send your kid there to learn whatever these other people think your kid needs to know. That's the vibe. I'm not sure progressives, I'm not sure if you realize how this sounds to everybody outside of your clique, but that's what you are saying. That's the vibe you're giving off. Those are actually sometimes the words you use, right? It's it's self-defeating. This is not an optimal strategy. Oh, also, Moms for Liberty, it's based out of Florida. Great fascist state of Florida. All right. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? couple of uh, emails here to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. This one is from Jay, who says, My mom was a public school teacher for 28 years. She says that the change started in the late 1990s, 
when it went from what did my little Billy do to what did you do to my little Billy? Right, the parents, right? If I did anything wrong, it was automatically assumed in my household that I had done that thing wrong, right? If the par- Or if a teacher said I did something, the assumption was that I did it, except for there was one occasion, I do remember the one occasion, when um, I don't remember what specifically I was accused of doing, but I said that's not true. I, I said I told the truth, and that's not what the teacher heard, or I forget what, what exactly the example was. But I remember, my, it was the only time my mom said, no, I know, I know Pete, he wouldn't say that, he would... He would tell you the truth on that. <laughs> and that's like and that's what I got in trouble for because I I lipped off and I said something to the teacher but it was true. I said something true. And anyway, so I do remember but every other time, any other time, it was no like you're speaking at a turn in class. Like I got good grades but I was I was getting all of the, you know, you know, Pete treats the classroom like it's his radio audience, you know, stuff like that. No, I'm kidding. They didn't have that. Although, I mean, it's kind of like that. They would say things. Speaks at inappropriate times. Um, disruptive in class. You know, because I'm... Because the world is my straight man. And, okay, admittedly, back then, my material was not as finely crafted as it is now. So, I was... But I was young. Come on. I was I was still learning. And so... And by learning, I mean stealing. People, other people's jokes. And so the uh, the teacher would be up there, they would say something hilarious, and I would make a comment, and the class would find it also hilarious, because, you know, know your audience, and uh, then this was disruption, you know? That would be disruption. Um, Jan says, uh, talking with people who you disagree with, Pete, if you don't break that habit, you will never land a gig on MSNBC. That's true. That is true. Um, All right, so Moms for Liberty, a group, quote, bent on changing the composition of school boards and aligning public schools across the nation with ultra-conservative, anti-LGBTQ and anti-COVID safety measures has now set up a chapter in progressive voting Buncombe County. Okay, so first off, this, quote, journalist, this reporter, um, this uh, Democrat with a byline, basically, is already describing Moms for Liberty in these terms. Doesn't even attribute it to what some people call ultra-conservative, anti-LGBT. He didn't even say that. He just brands them as that thing. Note, he also says that uh, Buncombe County is a progressive voting county. Later on, he cites the Southern Poverty Law Center as well, which is, uh, yeah, a what he calls a progressive nonprofit. Doesn't call them an ultra-progressive organization a leftist organization ultra leftist organization doesn't call them that wonder why they are right they're they've completely destroyed their credibility but he doesn't see it as that so yeah so we'll get into this and and the big takeaway here just spoiler alert the big takeaway here is that if you are a grassroots activist if you are a conservative parent that organizes in order to impact curricula changes at your public school, you will be demonized. You will be attacked, which, of course, lays bare the lie that they want parents to be involved in their kids' education. They only want parents to be involved in the education that they approve of. Sorry, of that which they approve. 
All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. They got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Got a message for, uh, yeah, yeah, from the uh, from the email. If you want to know the truth about how your schools are doing, look at a current real estate advertisements, or look at current real estate advertisements in your area and see where sellers are steering their customers. Look at all corporate relocation recruitment promotions, and Charlotte is a no go based on the education system. And if you do choose Charlotte, at least avoid the schools in CMS. There's a website that lists all the good schools in the area. And shocker of shockers, uh, none of them are in Mecklenburg County and almost half are in South Carolina. And no, the system did not fail. The people running it did. But if you are a conservative and you want to organize and you want to oppose anything that the schools are using to fill your kid's mind with... Uh, then you are going to be labeled, right? They don't want just any parent to get involved in their kid's education. They want certain parents to be involved in their kid's education. That's, that's the message being conveyed to groups like Moms for Liberty. And, and the reason why you're seeing the attacks against that group is because they are effective, Right. They are effective. So now we've got the establishment of a chapter in Buncombe County, which is Western North Carolina, where Asheville is. And there's this website called Asheville Watchdog. And they're like super, super concerned about it. So they write this big story about how this, quote unquote, parental rights group that's been labeled anti-government and anti-student by the Southern Poverty Law Center clowns. The SPLC, who, by the way. Right. They put out their own hit list that got people killed over at uh, at corporate headquarters. Where was that? The uh, Family Research Council. Right. You people on the left, you know, this this idea that it's only the right that engages in in uh, uh, negative rhetoric. You guys are all over the place with it. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Hang on a second. I wasn't even going to do this right now. But here we go. I'm going to play some audio real quick. This is Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. He is at a press conference today, and an audience member stands up and starts blaming him for the recent uh, uh, racist who went in and uh, shot up the, I think it was the Dollar General store down in Jacksonville. Right? You're like, how dare you? Do you understand the things that you're saying about people? When you say them, like the leftists have become just so casual in the tossing around of these terms. The problem is you rob them of the power. 
You rob the words of their power when you throw them around so willy-nilly like. So first of all, uh, I did not allow anything with that. Well, listen, excuse me. I'm not going to let you accuse me of committing criminal activity. I am not going to take that. I am not going to take that. So you, you should... You want to have a civil conversation, that's one thing. Try to say that I'm letting... That guy was Baker acted. He should have been He should have been ruled ineligible, but they didn't involuntarily commit him, and so they weren't... No, no, I don't... No, no, there is the truth. There is something about the truth. It's not everyone doesn't have their own truth. No. You don't get to come here and, and, and blame me for some madman. That is not appropriate. And I'm not going to accept it. Yeah. Oh, that is nonsense. Get- he said, you have allowed people to hunt people like me. So the person, apparently this guy in the audience, went and stood by the media at, at this press conference. So DeSantis thought he was a member of the media, I guess. And then they first exchanged pleasantries because they both served in the military. And then this guy launches into this saying, basically blaming DeSantis for the murders of the black people at, I think the dollar general store, because the, the shooter remember first went to a, a, a black college, but then got run off the campus by their security. That is such nonsense. We've done more. We've done more to support law enforcement in this state than anybody in throughout the United States. Our crime rate in Florida is at a 50-year low. Uh, we have enacted we have enacted policies so that people have a chance to live in safety. We have attracted people to come to this state in large part because we've had a commitment uh, to public safety. So the notion that somehow we're not uh, supportive of safety is absurd. And we've put our money where our mouth is. We've put uh, 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 support behind policies to hold people accountable uh, who hurt other people. Uh, You haven't seen us releasing people from prison. When they hurt, when you do the crime, you do the time. All right, so I'm going to stop there. So, like, th- But this is the kind of rhetoric the left casually engages in, blaming people for murder and assuming that that's the thing that, that people on the right prefer. What the left calls it is stochastic terrorism. That's, what, that's the term they came up with when they said that the right was engaging in it. Southern Poverty Law Center engages in it, and it's fine. So the lead organizer of that local chapter is a former Republican Party uh, or a Republican candidate for the County Board of Education, a woman by the name of Kim Poteet, who is the only local administrator for the Facebook group. That's got 70 people in it. She and two other GOP Buncombe school board candidates lost in 2022. The national group's stated mission is to, quote, fight for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. Why is that objectionable? Wait, why is that objectionable? So first off, is it objectionable that they say this is a fight for the survival of the country? Because you guys say that all the time. Right? With the democracy. How fragile it is and all that. 
And they, they actually say the way, the way we want to do that is to unify. Is that a bad thing now? Is unifying bad? Educating. Is that bad now? Has that become bad? And empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. What part of that statement is objectionable? Unless, of course, you're making assumptions about the people who are in the organization, right? You're assuming that their vision of unifying people, educating people, defending parental rights, and keeping America alive, you're assuming that those things are against what you want, right? That those are bad things because they got bad motives. They got bad ideas. They get to have a say too, though, even if they are bad ideas. My God, we've been listening to you guys on the left on this stuff for decades. You got tons of bad ideas. Look at every major city in America right now. Those are all your bad ideas on display. Did you hear what Eric Adams said, mayor of New York City? Did you hear what he said today or yesterday? There's video of that one now out. Yeah, he's like, the uh, the migrant crisis is going to lead to the destruction of New York City. They're taking 10,000 migrants a month, and he's saying it's going to destroy the entire city of New York. That's That's not a conservative policy that did that to you, mayor. That's all left-on-left action. That's all that is. From the top, at the national level, to you, at the local level, with your sanctuary city crap. Right? That's all... Democrat policy. So, there's your bed. Sleep in it. So, this AshevilleWatchdog.org report on the establishment of another Moms for Liberty chapter in North Carolina. This one's out in Asheville, Buncombe County. Uh, we have one here in Charlotte, and uh, you know they they are active and engaged in uh, the school board meetings, but also. In activism, grassroots activism, and uh, running candidates and such. So this article by the Democrat with the byline at Asheville Watchdog quotes Maya Henson Carey, who is a research analyst at the Southern Poverty Law Center, who has studied Moms for Liberty since April of 2022. And... She says they are being really strategic and putting themselves on these school boards and in these places where they can make these big changes, regardless of what the teachers and the parents and the students feel. They have this power now to make these changes that align with their values. So they're winning elections? So, I'm sorry, is that undermining democracy too? Is that a threat to our democracy when they run for office and then win in order to enact policies that they campaigned on? Is that a threat to democracy now? I'm losing track here. You guys are, I think, yeah. I don't know. I feel like you guys may have, uh, I don't know, wandered away from the point of all of this. Yeah, I mean, it was your argument. You guys were saying the the democracy and all that, and now you got people that are engaged in the democracy, and you're saying that they're being strategic and putting themselves on boards. Are they putting themselves on boards? Is that how the democracy works? Oh, no wonder why Republicans have been uh, been getting their clocks cleaned for so long. You guys, you put yourself on these boards. Duh. Oh, my gosh. How did we not see this earlier? Now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. 
I thought all this time that there were elections and people had to go out there and they had to run for office. They had to get elected and then they could do the stuff that they wanted to do if they had enough support on the body. But apparently, no, you just put yourself on the board. This changes everything. No wonder they hate Moms for Liberty. They apparently cracked the code. So they've now started putting themselves on these boards in order to make changes, regardless of what the teachers and the parents and the students feel. Oh, okay. So is that is that all teachers? Is that all parents? Is it all students? No, it's not. But the Southern Poverty Law Center, being leftist demagogues that they are, they lump every one of those cohorts together as in alignment with leftism, right? The assumption is that they are the majority. They have the prevailing views and they are correct. And so anybody that messes with that, they obviously must be doing something untoward, right? They have to be gaming the system somehow. And and now she says they're going to have power to make changes that align with their values. Oh, <gasps> no. Wait a minute. So after getting elected to a, I'm sorry, after putting yourself on a school board, then you implement policy changes that align with your values? Really? Did you guys ever do that when you were in charge after you put yourselves on the bot? Or, oh, you know what? Hang on a second. They may actually put they, they may actually run for election and, and get elected to the bodies and then represent the interests of the people. I bet that's how they see themselves. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's another it, it's one of these things. It's like I always say uh, they live by this rule, which is tie goes to the runner and they're always the runner, you know. So whenever there's a debate about something and we can't come to an agreement on what to do, they always say, oh, well, agree to disagree. Now we'll just do what we want. Right. Like there's always this default that, yes, we should move towards them on policy ideas. No, they have been transmitting values to the next generation for decades. They are they have controlled the left has controlled the means of production in K-12 education and in higher education as well. The means of production are the teacher schools, colleges and then the K-12 education model, the government run system right there. They've controlled it. They controlled the means of production. And what are they producing? Citizens for the next generation, for the revolution. Sorry, la revolution. Um, Some of the ideas motivating moms for liberty are not new, says the quote-unquote journalismer. Elizabeth McRae, Western Carolina University, associate professor of history and the author of, quote, Mothers of Massive Resistance, White Women and the Politics of White Supremacy. Who has She has documented 50 years of effective grassroots resistance to racial equality, often in public schools. She says, I don't, or she I'm sorry, she says, I think the strategies of deployment of parental choice disguises what is really an undemocratic impulse in a democratic language. I think that's typical. Also, she has not done any research on Moms for Liberty. Good to know. She doesn't know anything about the group, but she sees these white women engaging in public education activism, grassroots activism. And so, oh, yeah, total uh, white supremacists. See what I mean? Doesn't know anything about the group. Doesn't know anything about the individuals. 
hasn't talked to them. There's no there's no exploration. Right. It's just, oh, they're white women. They're conservatives. They're getting involved in education. And so therefore, they obviously must be like the modern day Klan, which is silly because like the Klan were Democrats. So they can't be Democrat. They can't be uh, the Klan. She says they sprung up in uh, the woman from the Southern Poverty Law Center says they sprung up in 2021 during covid. Now, that is true. That is true. They did spring up during covid because that's when moms first really became aware of the kind of stupidity and dumbassery that was being injected into their child's brain. Right. They saw the Zoom classes. They heard the lessons. They looked at the policies. They were like, we're, you're masking for this. Oh, by the way, just saw this come across the wire. There's a new book, and uh, it says that the Biden administration uh, went along with the, uh, yeah, nixed the goal of getting kids back to school post-COVID to avoid conflict with Randy Weingarten, the teacher's union boss. That's how you got Moms for Liberty, folks. 